Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. I gotta love Jones. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I was trying to hold it in. I was getting (laughs) your moment. (laughs) You want to finish? No, I just did enough just to get a just to get a giggle out of you. <laughs> that song, I, when I watched the movie again, I was like, "Isn't that song called Space Jam?" But no, on Space Jam, it's "Have a Basketball Jones." <laughs> Never peeped it. <laughs> Is it by the same artist? I have no idea. I didn't do that much research. It's I'm I'm done with research this week. <laughs> At least your your ear caught it. I was like, oh, I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah, my musical ear is always open, like my third eye. Anywho, guys, <laughs> this episode we are talking about the 1997 romance drama Love Jones. <laughs> Yay! And so I'm going to be completely honest with you, uh, Dr. Rosie B. I had never really watched this movie in one setting all the way through. I had to go watch it in order to diagnose because this was one I was just like, yeah, I've seen Love Jones. And no, I have no idea what happens in it. Uh, I need to watch. You know, when you put it like that, I thought I thought it was just because of my age. And I was like, well, maybe I just didn't pay attention. I feel the same way. I was like, what's the ending? And like, even when I was watching it again, I was like, are they going to get together? What happens? You know? So, yeah, I don't think I, and, but I have friends. I have people who say, that's my shit. Like they love this movie. And when I watched it, I felt like I want to be this, what is it? Renaissance black, you know, art type of person. I was like, this this seems like a lot. So I'm just not going to be that version of that black person. So I mean, but it, it's set up right for you. It happens in Chicago. A, a very classic Chicago film. Lorenz mm-hmm. Tate used his full Chicago accent for this he film. Because him and his he? family is from Chicago. And he made sure he that, yeah. Like, he, <laughs> he was real hard on it. Um, <laughs> you know you don't want to be out here. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Instead of, you know, his... Mm. Mm-hmm. L.A. accent that he fakes here. Then it was, it was there. Oh. <laughs> See, and I, I'm living in Chicago and I didn't even pick up on it. And then, you know, what was funny is that she was supposed to be taking and by she, I mean, Nina was supposed to be taking Amtrak, but it was actually the Metro that she was on. That was a little goof, little moment there that they thought the audience would not peep. And I peeped that. I was like, she's definitely on the Metro. The Metro does not go to New York. Yeah. I'm glad you peeped it because I have no <laughs> idea what the, the, the Metro is. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a train system here, friends. For those of you, you. who are not familiar <laughs> with transit, you. public transit in Chicago. Because <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking about. I'm just like, hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like you were saying, the film, I think, does a great job of just showing Blackness in a different way. And I like movies that aren't about anything other than just Black people being Black. And it was very deep in art and spoken word and creativity and freedom. And I appreciated the movie for that because other than that, I do not want to love Jones' relationship. This shit is toxic as hell. Stressed. Stress and, and I say, stressful. I think I say that I don't want one because I've had, I, I've, I've done a lot of this dumb stuff that is going mm. on here in the film, and mm-hmm. I think that's maybe it was triggering for me. I don't know if you know. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was triggering. Yeah, because it was like, let me see, let me get my words, let me get my words. <laughs> clearly, I have two different feelings for this. So. There's this one side of me that's like, okay, I'm watching this for entertainment and you see this back and forth, this, this love drama, right? Mm-hmm. And then this love Jones, right? <laughs> and then there's this other side of me that's like, okay, putting myself in their shoes, whether it's, you know, Darius or Nina 
and saying, okay, so how would I handle this situation? And in my mind, on both ends, I was like, they did what they had to do. I don't know if I would have gone about it the same way. And then one thing that I realized is that they just needed to communicate. But then I don't know if they ever really learned how to communicate with each other outside of art. But see, they started like each time they would start communicating and then they would stop. Like she was telling him, like, I'm telling you this because like I really care about you and I'm not trying to play mm-hmm. you out. Yep. And but then the test, I'm testing you to see how you react. It was like, that, yeah, let's do this healthy stuff. Let's do this the right way. We're mature adults. But then mm-hmm. here goes some kid shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been guilty for being an adult and then doing some kid shit. So I, I can see, I think that's why people love this movie so much because it's very much so relatable. This is how it goes back and yeah. forth until we just be like, yeah, no, this is what I want. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or even that scene where she gets, she's like, you know, gathering her stuff because basically he's like, well, if you don't trust me, come get your shit. And she's getting mm-hmm. her shit. And she got her bag. And she, you know, and he's steady reading his book. And he don't even, and it's again, this, okay, just say, girl, I'm hurt that you got me getting my shit and I don't want to get my shit. <laughs> and that fool looked at her and said, Shut my door all the way when you leave. <laughs> Man, she gonna throw the keys. Caught him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so mad. <laughs> How dare you catch these keys? That's supposed to get you in your face. Mad. <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly is that like how you just said, like they weren't communicating because right. each time that they came to like that crossroads, it was, I thought we, we just kicking it, right? Thought we just kicking oh, it. Oh my gosh. And that to me was like the summary of my college years. Like we just kicking it, but there's never a just kicking it, especially when sex involved. Tell me I if disagree. I'm wrong. I disagree. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. I feel like there can be a just kicking it if people can be honest about their intentions. And if you don't want to just kicking it, then when it's more than just kicking it, then you end it. But here going and like get comfortable with each other and give each other keys like that's then we're not just kicking it. And I feel like the reason, like you said, everybody feels for love Jones is because People have the same experience <laughs> because they don't know how to just kick it. And so, I mean, really, friends, why don't we just throw this concept of just kicking it out the window? Because we don't know how to do it. We, we just don't. And, 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 and. But it's I, fun. Right. <laughs> until someone, until, until someone's feelings get hurt. Right. Yes. Until someone ups and goes to New York with their pet, with their ex for fun. For, for shits and giggles to see if they still got feelings and whatnot. Right? Okay. Mm. All right. Triggered. Oh, Triggered. Nina. Oh, Nina. Mm. Nina, Nina, Nina. Mm. Girl, we got a lot to get into. So where are you trying to go? <laughs> where are you trying to go? <laughs> I just feel like he was responding as a situation ship should. Like, you telling me we kicking it. It's a situation ship. You communicating to me. Okay, I appreciate that. But if I'm playing my role, I'm going to respond as a situation ship should. And you're getting mad at me because I'm not responding. And do you want authenticity or do you want a situation ship? And I think mm. as as a community, mm. we need we. to do better. Do mm. you just want the draws or do you want a partner? That's a shirt. Do you want the draws or do you want a partner? That's what you wear to the next party. And whoever says that they want to be your partner, skirt. I'm just kidding. Wow. wow. I, didn't, I didn't think that's where that one was going. But. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's the truth. But what I also feel like is that Nina didn't properly deal with her situation with her ex appropriately either. It was kind of one of those things where it was like, Oh, well, he just kind of up and left. I'm in my feelings. I guess I just got to keep going with whatever I got to do and then jump into my next thing. And I think that's how some people end up getting hurt in these situations, because I think that what she wanted from Darius 
was something similar to what she had before. And again, it was this concept of just kicking it because she she also was the one that was pushing this too because she realized, yes, I'm not healed from that. I haven't dealt with those demons. I haven't fully closed that chapter. And so let me just tell you, we kicking it, but then still kind of have these expectations of you being this type of guy in my life because he's not, you're feeling that void for him right now. And I think that's the disconnect for her and her even be able to be honest and authentic and showing up in this relationship as well. I could not agree with you more. I definitely feel like if Nina was my client individually, it would be a lot of just what is it that you want out of life? Not mm -hmm. even particular this relationship, just out of life, because it doesn't even sound like she really trusts herself. Because mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie, we have her loading up the U-Haul and love is played out like an A-track. And then that is what she's telling herself and communicating to others. But then at the sheer instance of him delivering the poem and her becoming intrigued, even her friend, who is played by the wonderful Lisa Nicole Carson, who we have mentioned several times, is so fine and was the it girl in all the 90s movies, as we see exemplified here. Yes. Again. But <laughs> she says, oh, played out like the A-track, right? Like she's even seeing like, okay, here you go down this path that we we must be continuing to go for your friend because our friends do read us sometimes. Mm. Like to remind you, oh, I, this is what you said, but I'm looking at you right now and I'm seeing something different. And then with her, then not only entering the situation with Darius and then starting to have feelings for him, then even further going back to whatever Khalil Kane name was in this movie, because I don't know his real name. Marvin. 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 <laughs> I hate that name. But <laughs> it just made me think of Marvin the Martian every time. But anyway, <laughs> she goes back to him and it's, you at the beginning of the film, you told us as the audience that love is played out like the A-Track, but you are willing to entertain it here with Darius you're willing to go back to it with Marvin what is it that you want and I feel like that it plays an even bigger I guess because maybe the movie got me into my artsy mode and I was like how is art representing life here and mm -hmm. I felt like that Marvin and Darius represented two polar opposites for her individually. Not did they not only did they represent the past and potentially the future, they represented New York and Chicago. They mm -hmm. represented what is expected with marriage and kicking it, those polar opposites. They also represented two different things of who she was with each of them because Darius is an artist. He was willing to quit his job. He was passionate. He was fun. Whereas Marvin was had a stable job. He mm -hmm. wanted to just take care of her. He didn't want her to be stressed. He wanted to provide for her. Mm -hmm. He wanted certain different roles. And so I feel like she really didn't know what she wanted out of life. And so as a result, we get her jumping back and forth. And I feel like my only quote from this movie that resonated with me was mm -hmm. I'm going for some motherfucking toasted oats. You tripping. <laughs> <laughs> of all the quotes. <laughs> Did you eat the last of the toasted oats? Like that's, that's all oats. Marvin wanted. Marvin just wanted to take care of her and eat his toasted oats. And that's, that's just not the life that she wanted. You know, it's so interesting that you talk about her being different for each of those gentlemen, because I noticed that, you know, she tells Marvin when he knocks over her glass, not Marvin, um, Darius, when he knocks over her glass, maybe you should ditch the cancer sticks. But then here mm. she is a few season, uh, uh, shots later, sitting here puffing on that cancer stick along with him and two shots, actually. So I think then that that kind of goes into her kind of rubbing, uh, vibing and rubbing off of each other and getting some of those good habits and bad habits, including that, you know, the smoking. And then I also wanted to add in there, too, we, we're forgetting another major male relationship or relationship that she had with Hollywood, although it was short lived, it was it was something significant especially through the storyline. 
So tell me your thoughts. Girl, I did not even know that that was his name in the film because it was Bill Bellamy. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, so she just going to go to the party with Bill Bellamy. I didn't even know that they called the man. Hollywood, Hollywood in the film. You said Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, who's that? Who that? Oh, we talk about Bill Bellamy. Okay. Ooh, okay, I'm sorry. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> they pay attention to none of... Mm-mm, that's Bill Bellamy. Not Bill Bellamy. <laughs> I don't know who Hollywood is. Who that? And so, I guess that was my question of, do you think it was purposeful. Like, was she doing this? Was she being petty with going out with Bill Bellamy on purpose? Like, hurt people hurt people. And so she was in her feelings after Marvin. And so, like, or was she just like, oh, Bill Bellamy is cute. I'm not calling him Hollywood. Bill Bellamy is cute. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I met him before. Let's try this. And it was an unconscious uh, decision of, you know, trying to run back into Darius. Do you feel like she was being petty? I guess is what I'm asking. I feel like yes and no. I felt like based off of what we could see, it seems as if it was just someone that she was kicking it with, right? But for her to completely say, didn't know I was going to run into you at some at some function or another, like that to me is like, okay, you you had to have known. Like if you if you running with one of the guys from the circle, that you're likely going to run into one of his, you're going to run into him again. Um, and so that's, there's a part of me that when she saw him kissing that girl outside of the bookstore, that was like a the trigger. Trey songs can't help, but wait video. <laughs> <laughs> right. She was triggered and she was like, Oh, so this, what we doing? Oh, I'm going to show you. So it, it's hard to say that she didn't purposefully do it. And especially for it to be, one of his friends out of the group. Had it been any other strange man off the street, it would have been like, all right, cool. But I felt like it was intentional. I think I think it was intentional. It was. Either way, you know that it's not going to end well. Like you are ignoring that other person when, when you make that decision. You either mm-hmm. feel like, oh, they're not going to find out or... Which she might have felt like, okay, maybe, you know, this is, we kicking it in these other places. We, you know, he not going to find out. Or you just is really like, I'm not worried about his feelings right now. Right. I want to have a good time. Which, again, they weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. So, I mean, but yeah, it's Betty and you knew it wasn't going to end well. Because that situation never ends well. Right. And I mean, so, and even at the party scene, you know, with that, with her showing up. And her saying, I'm embarrassed. It's like, girl, how can you be embarrassed in this situation? And he told her, he's like, how can you be upset? You knew he was going to be here. You should be embarrassed. You should feel bad. No, that's the that's the realization. When you're doing the stuff, it's fun. And, and you don't, you be like, woohoo, I'm out. I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. I ain't hurting nobody. But then when you got to face your stuff, then it's like, oh, shit. Um, okay. Uh, right. Let me go to, where's your bathroom? <laughs> she needed go. to have a moment with herself in that moment because once it all once it all hits the fan mm-hmm. once it all hits the fan it ain't fun no more and then you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like mm, I really went out with his homeboy right right who but drives a hearse oh girl but it's still a Cadillac it is <laughs> He said, but it's a Cadillac. <laughs> and then walks away. Like, I made my point, kid. Yeah. That's <laughs> Cadillac. You, you walking home. <laughs> well, However, Bill Bellamy is the only person that I gave a traditional um, full diagnosis to. Mm-hmm. First, uh, multiple, actually, with the first one being a PhD, as we have um, learned. dickhead. <laughs> we learned from Belly. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check that out. But we have coins in our new DSM that we are going to write. Um, <laughs> PhD is player-hating dickhead. And we definitely see that evidence by all of the hating that and all of the shade mm. and just all of the, the, the green-eyed envy that Mm. Bill Bellamy had towards Darius and did not mind showing, which was why he was getting fired from them overnight positions. Um, Mm. But I guess in a more traditional sense, I did uh, diagnose him 
with narcissistic personality disorder, which yes. is a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, a need for admiration and lack of empathy beginning in early adulthood. We see his grandiose sense of importance. Just it, the fact that the man's name is Hollywood, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Says enough. That's it. Can speak to that. He is uh, has fantasies of unlimited for him beauty. He said, uh, "You would have to shoot like my mama in order to make me look ugly." And she got cataracts. So that was oh. <laughs> well then, <laughs> not well, the maybe. cataracts. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> afflictions. <laughs> Believes that uh, they are special or unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special high status people. Requires excessive admiration. Has a sense of entitlement because clearly he didn't see nothing wrong with going out with Nina either. Mm-mm. Is interpersonally exploitive by, you know, taking advantage of this situation for his own gain. Mm-hmm. And then kind of throwing it back in Darius's face, or at least yes. attempting to, but Darius clearly had the last laugh in that situation. And is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And I think at just as jealous as he was of what Darius had going on, I really feel that he believed that Darius was in fact jealous of him. I don't think that he it was did. a one-way thing. I think he really perceived that Darius was in some way envy- envious of him and he was trying to get Darius before Darius could get him. Now, we also don't know the history of that relationship where this mm-hmm. could potentially be a back and forth thing where they are stealing girls from each other or they are being petty because they uh-huh. are the two player players of the friend group. So mm-hmm. that could possibly be um an actual issue or this could be something that was just cooked up in his mind because it everyone seems very uh shocked and offended when he showed up at the party with me <laughs> for real the level of disgust on everyone's face like he how dare you you know really do really right but you know i feel like and but then there's a part of me that feels like maybe it was just something that was really in his head because I feel like Darius had a partner um, that he was still himself was getting over. So I remember earlier when I mentioned Lisa had Marvin that she was getting over. And that was no Lisa. Who's Lisa? Okay. Nina. Lisa. Fresh Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, you know me and names, girl. You know me and names. I struggle. Um, even when they listed in front of me, friends, I don't know. <laughs> so Marvin and Nina, we already know that as viewers, but I do think that Darius girl was Lisa. Her name was listed on the blackboard. Remember there was a Lisa. There was a Felicia. He, Darius was a player player. Okay. And I think that is what it, what they are trying to hint to in that, um, <laughs> But either even even still, so what was his behaviorism behaviorism behaviors in that in those relationships? Because when he had that conversation, you know, on the beach, which is Lakeshore, uh, (laughs) with Eddie, (laughs) with Eddie, and he was like, "You only have like one true love, and if and if you could have any of your exes with you on a on an island, which one would you bring with you?" And I feel like he did have true love. Like, how can your last name be Love Hall and you not have love? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And you not love people strong. But I do feel like he felt very strong feelings for those women. And Nina was, again, one of those people that he felt very strongly for. But to his player ways, it's like, okay, well, if one thing didn't work out with the next, I'm a charm and love on the next one. And it was just his... It's just his way of being and not necessarily that he fully loved him. I don't know. I don't know, but we're not going to act like um, at the beginning of the movie, he wasn't on some stalker shit. And (laughs) I was like, and she was chill as hell about it. You want to come in? What? No, I'm like, you want to go sit on the front stoop where there are witnesses and other people because you just came to my place of residence without me giving you my information? And right, I would have stepped outside in the hallway, like, hold on, let me close the door behind me. How can I assist you, sir? This ain't cute. No, Mm -mm. she thought she she thought it was cute. 
I definitely wouldn't invite him in. I don't care how fine you is. You show up at my door. That's that's not okay. Talking um, about I'm house sitting, girl. You know that's your house. It was it was your address on your checkbook. How you house sitting? The lies, the lies, the lies. She gonna try to protect herself afterwards. You don't already let the man in your house. Just okay, because <laughs> you don't know what you want. Do you want a stalker? Do you want a lover? Or do you want a friend? She don't know. But I also think that 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 he probably got a little bit of a thrill of that because he was a player. And so that thrill of the chase, like like how he said the the possibility of the chance mm. of attainment. So that probably gave him a little rush to be a little little stalkerish. However, it, it was well received by her. But that could have been a different story. Well, like he said. I feel like he's a very mindful individual and that he likes to be in the here and now. Okay. Wow. Very gestalt of him. Wow. Um, <laughs> and that he said, and I quote, let me tell you something. This here, right now, at this very moment is all that matters to me. I love you. That's urgent like a motherfucker. Mm. Fuck all that shit. What does that mean? I live in a different state. Why are you yelling? <laughs> Sorry. Got how close the mic is now. <laughs> you lean into it. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, but still, I think for him, once he was with that girl, that was his focus. Nothing else mattered. So I think he he really did want to be with her. No, and I be your slave. <laughs> I'm the blues in your left thigh. I'm trying to become the funk in your right. Mm. Is that all right? <laughs> Is that all right, Courtney? Is that all right? No, it's not all right. We live in two different states. We haven't developed really, or if we for real, for real want to be together, we just have a lot of fun and it's very passionate. And while passionate love is so much fun, it's not always sustainable. Mm. But what I will give them is that they were realistic, more realistic towards the end. He did say we can be together for as long as we can. And so I did respect that. Him mm-hmm. him acknowledging like, yeah, this shit might not work out, but we're going to do it for as long as we can. And that's OK. I just really want to be with you. And so I do appreciate the, him coming to that resolve at the end, him communicating how he felt mm-hmm. authentically at the end and him being realistic with it. And so I guess surgeon is a motherfucker. It's urgent as I need that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we about to have a cold clothing line messing around with you this episode. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have shirts. We're going to have book bags. Go to our website for the merch. Okay. <laughs> Go. But this ain't on it. <laughs> but that ain't, that ain't on it. Just buy one of our mugs. <laughs> I just would like to highlight, take a moment to, for no real real reason at all, just highlight Lorenz Tate's baggy-ass wife beaters. <laughs> he did little baby small in it. And it's like, why you got this big old wife beater on? She wanted to let you know how they bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't take him serious in this movie. I don't know why. I, maybe if I didn't see him and power... Or in other roles that it was like, even, even, (laughs) and seeing him in this, I was like, why he acting like he romantic? Maybe if I saw this and then, you know, other movies and whatever, then I would have felt differently. But I couldn't take him serious. I was like, come on, bro. I just, I did an eye roll every time he was on screen. It's just him and Nina so little. Or Nia Long, rather, not Nina. Nina's the character, but both of them are just so, they just a little couple. <laughs> right. And what's so funny is that he still was like taller than her. And she still had the tippy toe. <laughs> but yeah, I thought they were okay. A so, couple. Yes, coming back uh, to, to the story at hand of mm-hmm. um, 
with me diagnosing, I guess, Hollywood too, just pointing out uh, the personality disorders. And I feel like we do see and we talk a lot about um, personality disorders in relationship movies, especially because personality disorders are so embedded in how we relate to others and how we mm-hmm. interact with other people. Mm-hmm. But only paying attention to a lot of times in life, we look at relationships and how this how that person makes you feel and so how they relate to me and but unfortunately um then relationship decisions are made based off of how that person makes me feel and how they relate to me but if you're only paying attention to that then you may miss that person's um maybe irrational beliefs anxiety triggers or other things that you might not be able to live with which can relate to the, I guess, the quote of um, Isaiah Washington when he was talking and he said, falling in love ain't shit. I wish somebody would tell me how to stay in love. And I was like, I feel that, brother. And we have that life imitating art in that way that we are quick to point out, oh, a person is a narcissist, blah, blah, blah. But we don't really collect all of the information that we need to know and entering into new relationships. We just rely on how that person makes you feel. And so there's those initial problems that that can grow to larger ones if that person stops making us feel good because mm-hmm. we're only paying attention and when, when we're first getting to know someone how they make you feel and when they stop making you feel good then that's where the issues of the relationship lie and I feel like we see that through all of the relationships that we see in this movie mm. yeah yeah you know and what's interesting is that we don't really I don't think I I really made room for the other relationships in this movie, especially what say what Saban and his wife and and how even he kind of moved on a bit and you see him bringing another woman around to the friend group and Sheila was like was everybody this? was like nigga you are married right like <laughs> We just given up already. Like we ain't even gonna try. Who is this bitch? <laughs> and then, and then I, you could see it in his face. And I guess maybe if you know, if you're not, if you're watching it and you're passively watching, you don't recognize like the type of expression he has on his face when she comes back home. And it's this, you know, this look like, damn, you know. I think he really thought it was over or he just, you know, we moving on and he didn't even give it a possibility or just even a little bit of grace to say, let's give this a try. He had already checked out and he was ready on to move on to the next one. Um, not realizing that, that there was, there was a possibility of reconciling. Do you think that he checked out? Cause I felt like it was the, the, the friend was just I'm lonely and I don't have nobody to talk to it. I'm I'm a married man, so I'm used to having somebody to talk to about my feelings. And I ain't got nobody mm. to talk to about my feelings. Hey, hey friend, new friend, you pretty. Mm. Can I talk to you about my feelings? You wanna go to a party with me? So everybody can see that I'm okay on my own. Mm. I don't know why Isaiah Washington sounds like a puppy dog in my mind, but I don't know. That's, that's that's what that's what I'm hearing. I know he's that want him child like. I want him. Yeah. I want you to be my friend. Him was lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then his ahead. woman came back and he was a man again. <laughs> and I felt like he he was embarrassed too to realize. Damn. I should just. I should just. You know, stuck it out. You know. And now you got to explain. You know what you did, or you have to live with that if you don't feel like that's something that she needs to know. And it, okay, mm. so let me ask you that. Right. Mm. So does he tell her, right, this is what happened in between this time or does that get glossed over because, well, you weren't here. So I don't have to necessarily tell you. And I think that's where people get caught up in a lot of shit. But if Shorty really just was a friend and they didn't do nothing, what am I telling you for? For us to argue, we we trying to fix it. Like we trying to work on it. Why introduce more stuff for us to, to have to get over if nothing happened? Right. But what if it's the fact that you you do lack the communication and telling me things in the first place is what caused them to have issues. So you not being honest with me and telling me something up front, then now you holding withholding this information for me is, again, now another reason for me not to trust you. If that's the issue. 
he said she was spending too money, much money. And he she just said that he was a trifling, tired ass nigga. But then I feel so like I don't I don't I don't know if that, you know, fits in what her, her definition of tied trifling ass nigga meant. So we don't know if that's communicating or we don't know if that's <laughs> you only wash your ass on Tuesdays. We don't we don't know what that means. I feel like a tired ass <laughs> trifling nigga would have somebody come over or hang out and then not tell me that they was over that's there hanging your definition. out. You can't put that on your client. I'm projecting. Yes, I am. <laughs> Counter transferences, I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> it's real and it happens to all of us. Don't you deny it. <laughs> this this counter transference is when your counselor, your pro- helping professional is going through some shit and they put their shit on you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Quote it to the dictionary. And that's what uh, Dr. B is exemplifying <laughs> in this moment. You know what, Savon? <laughs> Communication is your issue. <laughs> Get your shit together. I don't have and anything also, for him. <laughs> very well could have been, you know, like a seven-year itch type things and relationships go good, relationships go bad. And so they just needed mm-hmm. to continue to work. And it is a test of how much do you want this relationship to work? You made this commitment for better or for worse, sickness and health. And so sometimes, yes, people just need to go to their mama house for a week or two. And then, you know, we could approach this. And, and I'll be ready to give you all that I have to give in order for this to be effective. But right now in this moment, I might be just calling you a tired, trifling ass nigga. And that might be how I feel about you in the moment. And I just need, I just need a little bit, a couple of days so that I can, I can, you know, I can show up mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and we can work through this. Yes. But I just need a moment. please. Mm-hmm. I might need a week or two or three. <laughs> So I wonder then, so why was it important to have these two relationships as a part of this story? You know, what is this? I feel like Darius needed that married friend to talk to because he was saying stuff like it wouldn't be so bad if I didn't think she was the one. But and then Savon really knowing what that means for that Mm -hmm. to be the one. And so looking at him like, oh, and then Darius like immediately, oh, oh, no, nah, like these are jokes. I'm playing with you. <laughs> had you, had you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, but I feel like he really he really was feeling that. And then that is why he had to find old girl and have like a little quick little thing with her to reestablish himself and feel like he was the player that he was. Because, mm-hmm. But he was the only person that he was fronting for, because when he said it, Savon knew that that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. Darius knew that was what he meant and it scared mm-hmm. him. And so he needed mm-hmm. to then go find a fuck old girl. But we needed that. We needed Savon to be that that mirror. Yes. Darius to look into. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think another thing that Savon did for Darius was that, and they said it a couple of times throughout the movie, is that love is what you make of it. And mm-hmm. I think that was the lesson that they that that both of them needed so that they could see, oh, it's not just it feels good. And so I go with it and it's love's responsibility to make this work. No, it's the work that you put into yes. it is what makes love. Yes. And I think he had to learn that lesson the hard way with him and his wife taking a, a little break and then coming back together and seeing that it's the amount of work that you put into it that creates what it is. Love doesn't mm-hmm. have the responsibility of making it work. It's your responsibility to make love work. Message. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't I didn't diagnose Darius at all. I just would have given him the V code of um unemployment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean and nicotine addiction. Uh Ooh. 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 <laughs> but everybody smoked in the 90s to the point where it's like, yo, this is what the 90s we really was walking just in, in a in a haze of cigarette smoke. I mean, it's not as bad as it was in the 70s though. I mean, Facts. we were smoking shit everywhere, you know. Plain, I mean, if building. you watch Jaws, they was smoking cigarettes in the ER room, which yeah. is the most unhealthy thing I can think right. of. But right. it, <laughs> it was still heavy in the 90s. And we I think yeah. we see it in this movie. Like, sheesh. We're thankful for the truth ads. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and now this generation got jewel pods. So, you know, mm. it is do what you got to do with <laughs> Energy is not lost. It's just transferred. And so is nicotine. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I guess another issue that was brought up between Darius and Nina, though, um, 
since we're because I guess let me I guess I need to preference my speciality is not uh-huh. in couples counseling. That's not my special specialty area of competency or work. I have no real experience with it. However, I don't think it's a problem in diagnosing this film because I feel like each individual would have benefited most from individual counseling. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. <laughs> I think everybody could have, you know, stood to do some healing before we enter into sharing of our energies. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can see that by the, the trust factor. I think mm-hmm. everyone was so stuck in hurt of the past that there was no trust. And Darius was insulted when he asked Nina, you don't trust me? And she was like, no, I don't. You haven't given me a reason to trust you. Mm-hmm. And feeling as though people have to give you a reason to trust instead of people have your trust and then give you a reason not to trust. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's very a, a defense mechanism sometimes. And that comes up in relationships where people have to give this valiant act in order to earn your trust instead of just trusting Trust, trust this person for who they are, exactly what they're showing you, how they're showing you, how they're presenting themselves and how they're showing up for you. Because I think mm-hmm. that we should trust that everyone is going to hurt you. Yeah, It's what you're willing to put up with. And so she was wanting him to, I guess, give up every thing that he had going on for this situation in order for her to trust him. And that was unrealistic. And bitch, what? Like, how, how, you want somebody to make whole life changes and you say that you don't you you moved back to to new to new york for your your ex fiance you dated my homeboy but you you feel like you can't trust me mm-hmm. okay okay mm-hmm. you know a little just the the the, the, the hip the hip hip hop hip hopocrisy mm-hmm, the audacity <laughs> <laughs> But on top of the, the the hypocrisy of it all, like there was just so many times where he was, she was going along with certain things. And it was really what, it was easier to blame Darius for what she was doing than taking mm-hmm. accountability. Like even her saying, oh, it's the first date. I don't want to play myself out like that. And he's like, I just want to come up and talk. Oh, ladies. That's, that's worse than the Fruitopia line from when we did Thin Lie Between Love and Hate. Right. <laughs> Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's not falling. She knew what that meant. As soon as they got in the house, they was kissing and taking off clothes. Girl, just say you want to have sex. It's okay. You grown. You have agency over your own body that you can just want to have sex with this man. You're not going to get in trouble. I mean, at least now. I mean, back in the day, if, if, you know, that you saw her friend call her out about it. You had sex with you. Yeah, I made a big deal about it. Nowadays, was, no, like, she was a hoe for trying to hide it. That's what made her a hoe. <laughs> because honest hoes love the Lord. They don't lie. That's our other shirt that's coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it just seems like this was everybody viewed relationships as something that was bad to be avoided at all costs. And I feel like it was just the transition into seeing, hey, no, relationships aren't terrible. It's how much work you put into it. And we can love. And it's not a game with points where you have to win. It is okay to look like a fool sometimes. Mm. Mm. And then I, you know, this was, like you said, this was one of the, one of those films where you can have black love and it be a, romance type of film because that really wasn't something that you saw a lot back in the 90s either like and so it and it wasn't comedy it wasn't just tragedy it was just real just just black people living black people living and I, I think that's I don't even think the movie itself was that great I just like the that part that the fact yeah. that it was about black people and it was about black people just living life and friend groups and falling mm-hmm. in, out, navigating stuff, fucking it up, putting it back together, like just navigating through life because mm-hmm. I don't feel like you're right. We don't get enough films like that. And I love like the opening credits, just having regular people oh, and showing the it. beauty of regular people. That, that might be my favorite part of the whole film. Yes. And I think, I think it's, I think this film is dope for that. And I think it serves its purpose. I think as I am learning 
from uh, being your friend and you now being a, a Chicago <laughs> resident that it was a great depiction of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the film for that. I think it was a great just look into the night black 90s period like the mm-hmm. because there was it was like a renaissance time all of the black shows that we got all of the black art oh. that came out of the 90s mm-hmm. it was so dope and so i appreciate the film for that i just think that is unrealistic for darius to not have been arrested for how hard he pushed that man down that damn escalator for real i was like wait and he even i mean he did a look like a quick like yeah <laughs> i kept running like I, <laughs> how are you pushing that nigga? I felt like I felt like not Darius, but I felt like Lorenz Tate was like, "Oh, should we cut?" I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I didn't mean to I'm do that. Keep running, <laughs> bro. Bro felt like he was Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, ooh, 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 <laughs> I wonder if the credit says guy that fell off the escalator. Wow. <laughs> Cause he didn't have but he didn't have no lines. So how do they even credit him? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. And he ran so hard. I was like, damn, he didn't even make it. Oh. One year later. What the <laughs> there's no phones? Oh, right. This is the nineties. This is the nineties, girl. He had, had to phones, walk into a payphone. He had it was attached to a cord. <laughs> hey, he had he had to walk up to the payphone, <laughs> call you a cab from the payphone. And here we go trying to share somebody Uber or Lyft. Let me get you an Uber. <laughs> the fuck up out of here. <laughs> I guess I have an inquisitive question for you um, as it relates to this movie. And has Dick ever just talked to you, bro? Yes. What did say? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you ever would have told me that I would have bust out laughing she was like so like and she's so into it <laughs> I would have I would have been laughing I died <laughs> I couldn't even either, say that with a either I would have thought it hit you I would have been like shut your ass up <laughs> exactly I would tell you that next time I'd be like it spoke to me what is that <laughs> and I would be like <laughs> Rosie what did it say Rosie. <laughs> oh, God. That was when she needed to be reminded, like an A-track, right? Because I see, here we go on this pattern. Here we go. Right. And as uh, Dina's therapist, we would have had to identify this pattern that she is doing with. I need to see if I still love him. Oh, I don't love. Oh, here's this new guy. Let's see. The dick is speaking to me. Oh, okay. When you bring in, when you bring that in, it's like, now was she in love with him or was she in love with the dick? Either way, it's attached to him. So here we go on this pattern. Oh, shit. Do you want the draws or do you want a partner? Mm. I'm mad I pointed to it like it was on my t-shirt because we selling this imaginary line. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, we out here trying to get the shmoney. <laughs> yes, but if Nina was my client, we would have had to work on balancing maturity and immaturity. And is that parts work? Is that something where we need to look at the inner child? Does the inner child potentially need some healing? And is that why we keep seeing her pop out and make childish decisions where clearly she knows better and wants to do better herself, but keeps falling back into these childlike patterns. And so I just would want to see where that is. I did not have a diagnosis for her either, but she unemployed too. So she could get that young B code. Um, She (laughs) sure is. (laughs) uh, If she was my client, though, I probably would have been able to collect more uh, symptomology to see if there was an actual diagnosis for her, though. But it just definitely she is having issues with relating to others as far as especially romantically in this sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was, it's hard to diagnose for this particular movie. It's just like there's so much black excellence in there. So it was, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Um, but I do agree. I think that Bill Bellamy might have been the only one that was presented with some some trifling ass. Tendencies mm-hmm. that needed mm-hmm. to be addressed. Little mm-hmm. narcissism, little PhD. Usually, those two go hand in hand. They're co-occurring. Oh, disorders. Uh, yes, 
Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. Uh, comorbidity there. I mm-hmm. uh, would like to shout out Sheila for Sheila. just uh, her her African dance interpretation. But I also would like to get her <laughs> fired for giving out Nina address. You were Damn. about to lose your job. Get this dance. Mm-hmm. You were about to lose your job. Like you lose really is giving out information. That really, she really was. Stuff. Like, and then and in a way, Nina just kind of was like, "Oh my!" I'd be like, "That bitch." <laughs> what you mean like eye roll what that is not an eye roll situation I'm walking my ass back up to that record store like don't you dare bitch don't you ever <laughs> came back my check <laughs> here we go this damn Isley Brothers CD I'm going to FYE because it's the night but are they really deaf poetry jamming it up like this in Chicago is that or was that just the 90s I feel like this is definitely a deaf Gemini up moment. Um, I mean, now is more comedy than it is poetry, from my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't really go out like that in these streets because so you, you don't know. know. Okay, you don't I don't know. know. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. Okay, um, COVID, COVID, and bullets. Okay, those are real things. Wow, wow. and they don't got a name on it. Okay. I would also like to tell y'all that Dr. Rosepi don't go nowhere where they is uh, shooting. So I don't know what her concern of bullets is because um. They That's out not here. her lifestyle. Um, but that, you know, again, neither here nor there. How dare I put out your information on this podcast? <laughs> Do better. Do Sheila, you being a <laughs> Sheila right now. Cut it out. <laughs> Sheila is who I who uh, I identify with in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she would I would have to receive supervision if she was my client because I would be like, girl, you too. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> aside from that, though. Uh, I guess, do you want a partner or do you want the draws? Um, are we just kicking it or is this a relationship? Are the questions that need answers from this film? I don't mm. got nothing else. Dr. Rose, you got anything else you want to talk about? I, there's, I feel like there's a whole lot more, but um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I think I think we did a good job today. You look good today. You look real good today. <laughs> I don't know what that was. But if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or buy our merch. Of course, because, you know, all of these beautiful T-shirts will be coming in Dr. Rosie B's mind. However, you can also donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye. I look real good today.